There's lots of things that are good for us, but we just don't like doing them. Things like exercising regularly, going to bed early, eating more broccoli and less sugar, spending less time on our phones and more time outside. And maybe you're even able to do a lot of these things, but if you're gonna be honest, you don't always feel like it, even though you know that they're good for you. And so a lot of times, if you're like me, what ends up happening? You don't end up doing the very things you know you should do. Well, did you know that there's something that's good for you that you actually enjoy doing? It's celebrating. Taking the time to celebrate the good things in your life. You know, celebration is so powerful. God has wired our brains really brilliantly. They're wired in such a way that they're constantly scanning around us to protect us. We have this fight or flight mechanism that we're not even consciously in control of that psychologists today call negative bias. But one of the challenges with negative bias in our world today is we're so flooded with all sorts of negative stimuli that that negative bias, that fight or flight, it's, it's constantly being activated. And so what happens is that our brains, if we're not careful, are flooded with negative hormones like cortisol. Now, here's the power of celebration. When you take time to regularly celebrate, your brain replaces those negative hormones with positive ones like oxytocin and dopamine. So what studies show is that those who celebrate regularly are more positive, they're less stressed, and they have a better sense of well-being than those who don't take time to celebrate regularly. And what you're actually doing when you're regularly celebrating is you're rewiring your brain from being in a negative mode to being in a more positive mode. So not only is celebrating fun, but it's good for you and it's good for your relationships. We're in part four of this relationship series, Find Your People. Celebration was a big deal in Jesus' day. In fact, throughout the entire Bible, we see that celebration is a big deal to God. And then there's an entire chapter in the Old Testament dedicated exclusively to celebration. It's a chapter you've probably never heard of, never read before, because it's found in the book of Leviticus. That's right, Leviticus. That book that if you're doing the read through the Bible in a whole year challenge, it's the one that the challenge always dies on. Uh, it's the book that's filled with all of these different laws and commandments and things that were like, are these still relevant to us today? Well, in Leviticus chapter 23, God spends an entire chapter talking about the importance of celebration. Check this out in verse four. It says, these are the Lord's appointed festivals, the sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. So what God's saying is there's all of these different festival celebrations that he wants his people, the Israelites, to observe. The first one we find in verse five, 
It says the Lord's Passover begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. Then in verse 6, we see the second one. On the 15th day of that month, the Lord's festival of unleavened bread begins. These first two festivals were celebrations of God rescuing the Israelites from slavery. Then in verse 10, we have the offering of first fruits, which was the celebration of the first grain, which was typically barley. Verse 15 and 16, we see the festival of weeks, which is the celebration of the end of the harvest season. In verse 24, it says, On the first day of the seventh month, you're to have a day of Sabbath rest, a sacred assembly commemorated with trumpet blasts. This was the celebration of trumpets today called Rosh Hashanah, which was the celebration of God's favor. The sixth festival celebration is found in verse 27, and it's the Day of Atonement. It's the celebration of God's forgiveness. And then finally, in verse 34, it says, On the 15th day of the seventh month, the Lord's Festival of Tabernacles begins, and it lasts for seven days. Now, the Festival of Tabernacles is when the Jewish people would would spend the week in tents. This is like the original Woodstock, except without the drugs. And basically, it was a celebration of the Israelites making it to the promised land. So what we have here in Leviticus chapter 23 is God saying there's seven festivals that you are to celebrate every single year. And notice this, in verse 3 of that chapter, God starts by saying there are six days when you may work. But the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest a day of sacred assembly. Now notice, sacred assembly is how God defines all of those different festivals. So what God is saying is, once every week, I want you to stop working and I want you to take time to celebrate every single week. Now, you may be asking, why in the world is all of this in the Bible? Why did God spend an entire chapter in Leviticus? outlining all these festival celebrations. Well, it's actually pretty simple. The Israelites desperately needed this reminder. You got to stop and you got to celebrate. Now, you actually may be thinking, well, you know what? This is great, Derek. I mean, celebration, yeah, that's that's fantastic. And God makes a big deal about it. But to be honest, I don't have time to celebrate. And I want to tell you something. If that's what's going through your mind right now, that's exactly why you need it, why I need it. Because as driven type A Washingtonians, the reason that that we actually may be so stressed out and feel like we have no margin is because we haven't taken the time to stop and to celebrate what God is up to in our lives. In fact, if you're in a relationship right now and you're trying to figure out why is that relationship struggling, maybe it's because you haven't taken the time together to celebrate. Or maybe you stopped celebrating in your mind why that person is so special to you, what you love about them. And so it's so important that we take time to celebrate.
So this coming Sunday, February 26th, we are moving to our new space at Boston Quarter Mall. So today is the final time that we will be hosting in-person services at Thomas Jefferson Middle School. And I just want to take a few moments to celebrate all that God has done in and through our time at TJ Middle School. So back in 2010, Grace Community Church was outgrowing this little elementary school in North Arlington. And we started calling around different places where we might be able to meet. And we we called Arnold Apana, who is the facilities director at TJ. We knew that there was no church meeting in that school and, uh, and asked him, could we meet at TJ? And what we found out from Arnold was that there had been a church meeting at TJ and the relationship just went sideways. And really, Arnold had been pretty burned by this relationship with the church. But the amazing part of the story is that that God was was at work in Arnold's heart and in his mind. And through the conversation that we had, Arnold said, you know what? I would be willing to give Grace a shot. Why don't you guys go ahead and, and give it a try? And, um, and through the grace of God, and this is, this is so cool. Um, all of the key decision making staff at TJ that we had the privilege of working with, every single one of them was a Christian. And we just believed that that was God's hand at work, allowing us to have this great relationship with TJ. But coming in, we knew that there were still going to be a lot of challenges with the space. One of the things we knew is that there were a number of Sundays that we were not going to be able to meet because of previous commitments that uh, the school had with Arlington County. So we knew that every year, one Sunday in August, we wouldn't be able to meet because of the Arlington County Fair. And so, man, it inspired all sorts of creative ideas. One of my favorite ones being house church meetings where we recorded the sermon and encouraged people to get together in different homes and watch and discuss together. We also knew that there would be one Sunday every year where all the parking lots would be completely unavailable to us because of the Arlington County Antique Show. And this inspired National Walk to Church Sunday. We really did this thing um, where we challenged everyone at Grace to not drive because we didn't have any parking, but instead to walk to church and see who could get the most steps in that day. We also knew that every year in early December, we would have a Sunday where we weren't able to use the auditorium because of a Nutcracker performance by a ballet company. And you know, it was through that situation that Hunger to Hope was born. Our meal packing event that to date has now packed over a million meals for people all around the world. And it is just amazing to think of all that God did really through all of these challenges that were, that were thrown our way. It reminds me of an expression that I know you've heard before. Your greatest challenge can be your greatest opportunity. We certainly saw that at play many, many times. I remember when we were thrown that challenge that there was going to be a new elementary school built on the TJ parking lot, this fleet elementary school. And, and we were like, this is crazy. Not only do we lose parking, we're probably going to be closed out of the school for several different summers for construction. From that, 
our West Falls Church campus and the idea to go multi-site was born. And through that challenge was birthed an amazing team of volunteer leaders who helped to launch that West Falls Church campus. We saw countless lives changed through West Falls Church. And, um, and one of the other remarkable things about that was that um, because we had to raise up a video team and, and broadcast our services, when COVID hit in early 2020, what we found was we didn't miss a beat. And that whole year when we were not able to meet together in person, um, man, we were able to continue church with, really without a hitch. It was absolutely amazing. I don't know about you, but it's really easy for me to see God working in my successes, but it's hard sometimes to see how he's working in my challenges. And I want to ask you, if you're facing a challenge right now, are you looking for how God is moving in and through that challenge? Well, when we first moved into TJ, we believed that this wasn't just a place for us to meet, but we believed we were there to be a blessing to everyone around us. And so we got in and we realized, man, the, the projector, the screen, the sound system, and it really wasn't good. But instead of just being content to set up our own system week in and week out, we decided, you know what? Let's go ahead and install a brand new state-of-the-art system that will not only be great for us, but it'll be great for the school and all the different groups and nonprofits that use it. And it was a tremendous success right from the get-go. We also found out that um, there were lots of kids, uh, as the weather got colder, lots of students at the school who... They didn't have the right coats. And so we started to do coat drives, which turned into a steady stream of Target gift cards so that kids could ultimately get the coats that they wanted to get. We found out that um, there were a lot of kids taking summer school classes and they didn't always have the money to pay for those classes. So we stepped in and scholarshiped all those kids. Um, there were school supplies that were needed by many families. So we started backpack rallies and school supply drives. And probably my favorite one was working with the school social workers to find out, hey, there's different families who come the holiday time, they just don't really have the resources to be, do anything special for their kids. And so we were able to adopt families year in and year out and make sure that their Christmas, their holidays were special. So as we step back and we reflect on 12 amazing years at Thomas Jefferson Middle School, it's, it's awesome to think about all the doors that God opened up to us to allow us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our community. Now, you may be wondering, man, so is all this going to end now that we're leaving Thomas Jefferson Middle School? Well, I got to tell you, you may not know this, but TJ is actually the school where Pastor John attended when he was a middle schooler. Now, check out that picture of him in middle school. How can you possibly turn your back on a face that cute? There's no way that we're turning our back on these middle school kids. We are absolutely committed to keep partnering, to keep blessing Thomas Jefferson Middle School. 
So as we celebrate all that God has done through our relationship with Thomas Jefferson Middle School, I want to ask you, what can you celebrate that God has done in your life? What can you do to take time on the regular to celebrate the good things in your life? I know this is a challenge for all of us, and uh, and our staff at Grace is no exception to this. We We struggle to celebrate, but one of the things that I'm really proud of is that every single week, the way that we kick off our staff meetings is by celebrating all the things that have happened in the past week. And we collect all those what we call touchdowns, and uh, that kicks off our time of prayer as a staff. And it's just, it's an amazing way to look back on the week and just to say, God, thank you so much for all that you've made possible. Uh, For me personally, one of the rhythms of my life that, that I've adopted recently that's made a huge difference for me is through the Grace app. I don't know if you have the Grace app or not, but if you don't, man, you really gotta download it. You see, the Grace app has something called the daily. And basically what it is, it's the daily practice of gratitude, reading, and prayer. And that gratitude feature, it's just simply typing into the app each day, what are you grateful for today? And you might think, man, that would probably get old really quick. Or, you know, I'd probably run out of things to say or start saying the same thing over and over. But you know what I've found? It's been an amazing practice for me. I don't run out of things to say. And that whole idea of, you know, rewiring your brain so that those negative hormones that are kind of constantly flowing start to turn to positive ones, that practice of gratitude, of just celebrating. What are you grateful for this day? Man, I I have felt the difference. In just a few weeks, I have felt the difference in my own mind. So I want to ask you, what can you celebrate this week? And then what daily rhythm can you build so that you're celebrating something every single day? Because here's the reality celebration, it not only feels good, it is so good for you, but you have to make time to celebrate. Let me pray for you. God, just want to say thank you for reminding us of the importance of stopping and celebrating. That that rhythm, that practice of being grateful, of giving thanks. God, help us to find those rhythms, to not get so busy that we don't slow down enough to celebrate. We thank you, God, for all you're doing in our lives. And we just ask you to help us to build those rhythms of celebration. In Christ's name, amen.